Welcome back, guys. Welcome to Kicking Ass with Tanner Stone with me, Tanner Gateri, Xander Plotkin, and Jake Gateri. Welcome back, guys. Good to see you guys. Yeah, good to be here. What have you guys been up to? I just had a, my first amateur kickboxing fight, and I won. Yeah? You knock him out? I'm, I'm acting like I wasn't there, right? <laughs> I was there. I was there. I'm your yeah, dad. I saw that. It was sick. I got almost a TKO in the first round. It was an eight-second count. I almost won it right in the first round, but it went to split decision. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm glad you did it. What are you, what have you, been, what have you been up to, Xander? Nothing that cool, but um, um, some hockey games this past week. That was fun. You're playing? Yeah, here and there. But you're I'm back on... in school now, right? Yeah. You happy about that? Yeah, no, I like the I like the class I'm taking right now, so I'm having a good time. All right, good. How are you? Me? Yeah, it's a fucking grind. I'll tell you. I mean, this this topic we're going to talk about today, generations. Tanner will talk about it, but it's so appropriate for the shit that I'm going through because we have different generations of employees, different ages, and they act differently based on their age. It's kind of weird. So. Now I know why people think that I'm weird at my age. Like I'm old now. All right. So I was going to ask both you guys a question. In which era would you guys want to live in other than the one you're in right now and why? Probably the late 18th century. I think that'd be pretty cool to um, start to start like to be like, um, I don't know. I just think that it's the, I think it's the best time. In America, we're, we're kind of forming America. Late 18th century? What was going on in the late 18th century? Just like the uh, formation of um, the United States, you know? Like it was all coming together. and Got rid of those fucking Brits? Got them out yeah. of here? Yeah, I think that's cool. Exactly. We get to be a part of that and um, lay, lay the groundwork, you know? Lay the law down, baby. <laughs> what about you, Tan? <laughs> Um, I would want to live in probably in the 1970s, 1980s, because that was right before when, I mean, I don't know right before, but it was like before phones came out and all that technology and everything just seemed safe. Like I hear about my dad's childhood every now and then, and there was a lot of freedom. Kids could just walk home from school and won't have to worry about getting kidnapped or they could even going to school and not worrying have to get getting shot up or anything bad happening. Like that, that's my, my take on it. It's true. We, what about you? We, we had that shit going on, but it wasn't like today. Um, well, I think, I mean, I like when I grew up, the 1970s, 80s, like I was born in the 70s. I was a kid in the 1980s. And then like sort of, I guess, uh, a high school or late 80s, early 90s. And we didn't have phones. So that was the coolest thing. If you did something stupid, no one knew. They could just talk about it. Oh, yeah, Jay did something stupid on the weekend. It's like, whatever. I didn't do that. <laughs> and there was just no evidence, which was cool. Because today, what happens with you guys? If someone does something stupid, is everyone like got their phone out, taking a video? Oh, yeah. And then it's everybody knows in the next like 10 minutes. The whole world would know because that's why you can't do anything stupid. You always have to look around, make sure nobody's videoing. Because one video could just ruin your life, basically. You can't get into college. If one bad thing happens in high school, there's a lot of bad things could happen with one video. You guys have like a class about like, uh, what is it? What is it like um, a personal branding class that they do? Because trying to, because you have to put your 
personal persona on Instagram and whatever and make sure that you look good for college applications and jobs. It's, it's really interesting. Like that's another aspect of that. Um, kind of like the sense where what you did when you were younger, should you be accountable for that when you're like 20 years older, you know? What do you think? I don't know. It depends on kind of what you do. But I, I think that if you're young and you're, everybody's going to make mistakes, I, I don't think that you should definitely hold it over their head and it should um, like take away an opportunity for them 20 years down the road. People change, but at the same time, it kind of depends on what, what, what you did. Do you guys think – here, Dad, you, you could talk about this one. I'd like you to call me Jay. Jay. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Jay, yeah, podcast. I'm Jay. So, do you think nowadays would be the hardest to grow up as a kid, like in this generation? I feel sorry for you guys. Like, I really look at it. I think your generation sucks. Like, you you're under a microscope all the time. It's all about getting in the right school, getting on the right team. You know. If someone throws a party, you know about it. Now you feel like shit because if you weren't invited or if, or, or if you don't invite someone to something, everyone knows they're all talking about it. If I mean, it's just it's it's really rough yet. And then on top of it, everything like weed is legal now. Like we want to score weed when I was a kid. Like you literally had to know a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. You got the shit illegally. You were like, oh, my God, don't let my parents find out. Look. Please find out, you know, it was all, just buying papers while you're buying the papers. What are those for? It was a whole thing. Now it's like you guys are walking down the street. He goes, yeah, you want some weed? Here's some weed. You know, like it's just, I think that on one hand, you got to be so careful. On the other hand, you guys are like opened up to all this terrible stuff, porn on the internet. You can get it 24-7 for free. It's like nothing is, is, um, a revelation anymore nothing is you're not exploring anything it's all right there on your phone it, it it sucks it's fun to explore so do you think that nowadays you don't have to go to college because everything's on your phone i don't think you're going you don't need to go to college to learn the curriculum and content you need to go to college to get the experience of going to college but everything you're going to learn in college whatever that professor's teaching you the paper that he's teaching you from is published on the internet. It's all there. There's nothing that you're going to learn in college from a teacher or professor that isn't published. Yeah, it's kind of like the structure. It's like the structure of a day and kind of a goal and meeting deadlines and like learning how to be responsible. I, I, and like the people you meet, um, that's also very beneficial. But I would agree, everything's out there. If you want to learn something that bad, you could find it in the library. The library? Anywhere, online, library, if you want to learn something that bad. Yeah, Elon Musk learned everything. Um, most of the stuff about like space in the library. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all on the internet. Everything is on. You can Google. Google University is the best university. It's cheap. It has all the information. Um, YouTube videos. Yesterday, uh, Kimmy's, um, Tanner's mom's key fob burned out. So I went on the internet, how to replace a battery and uh, Acura NSX key fob. And then it showed me how to do it. I did it right then and there, popped it out, put a new battery in. Boom. I'm, I'm away we go. I don't have to read a manual. I, I, there's a guy. There's always a guy who's doing a video. Yeah, there's so many random videos. Yeah. I wanted to change the topic and talk about like one thing that's been on my mind. 
why are nowadays in this generation how did all the whole entire soft topic like come like everybody's so soft nowadays and i just want to know why what do you guys think i don't know that's probably because they're like getting raised by liberal parents no i'm joking um (laughs) i would say like i'd say a lot of it has to do with social media and um everybody's so like if if gets offended by everything and why because everybody's so sensitive nobody wants to like have their feelings no i mean of course nobody wants to have their feelings hurt but no one's used to getting their feelings hurt because why don't they want to have their feelings hurt because people don't want the truth people want to live in like a false reality they don't want to believe it yeah it's 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 really i think that the truth hurts you ever heard that saying truth hurts absolutely and i think we're a general the generations as we've gone further are afraid of pain that's why i mean if i'm going to dip right down to it that's why like pain medications are so rampantly taken all over the country, all over the world is because people are deathly afraid of pain and people are afraid of having their feelings hurt. So the way they protect themselves is say, I'm offended. You, sh- you can't say that. That wasn't nice. That's not, that's not, you know, that's insensitive, all this shit. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can tell someone when your feelings are hurt, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to hurt your feelings again. I mean, just suck it up. And I think that, I mean, the big greatest teacher in the world is pain, right? I mean, you, you only learn from getting hurt. You don't learn from like wonderful, soft, tender feelings. You learn from getting hurt. No, yeah, you're spot on. But I think it's to, it's one thing to say, but then it's another thing to acknowledge. Like you don't want to really want to go around hurting people's feelings. That's not the point. It's just life's going to take that course. Like you're going to have your feelings hurt. And um, a lot of people are not prepared for that. And they don't really like accept that. After these videos, whenever we watch them as a family, Kimmy basically, you know, oh, that wasn't very good. I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't good? I, I thought I did my best. And it's like, but, you know, I could get offended. And I just keep coming back and doing a bad job the next week. So <laughs> it doesn't bother <laughs> It bothers me. I want to I I, I hear nice things, but... It's not going to stop me from trying. So, but I think that like I, I was talking to one of my employees or a couple of my employees uh, this week and, and actually I brought up the topic. I'm like, how old are you? It's like 23. I'm like, let me ask you, are you, do you feel like you have a lot of anxiety? She goes, oh yeah, a ton of anxiety. Do you, do you get depressed sometimes? Oh yeah, I get depressed. Do you get overwhelmed? Oh yeah, I get overwhelmed. Do you get headaches? Yeah, I get headaches all the time. I'm like I could ask 20 23 year olds and i'll bet you that at least 50 percent of them have the exact same problems you're spot on i was taking organic chemistry last summer and um basically every single person in that class was just always ranting about like how anxious they are and how stressed they are and i don't i, I mean i'm not gonna lie to you like i'm not gonna sit here and act like i was never i mean i don't really get that much anxiety but i it was just interesting how anxious all these kids were and and how much medications they would take for anxiety and this upcoming test they were just like i have to take even more i'm like just sitting there like wow i don't why i'm not why i'm not feeling this i just think that because i was prepared and i every single day i would put a little bit of effort into to review i think just being prepared and not kind of um stressing about it was the way it helped me but i definitely have experienced 
a lot of kids my age with major, major anxiety. Is it because the thing that they're anxious about is they're looking at it in a way if it doesn't get done or if they fail at it, it's the end of the world? That's a good point. You'd have to ask them. I mean, a lot of, the, a lot of people that um, I'm around do have backup plans. I'm very opposite. I don't have a backup plan. So it's kind of all or nothing for me right now. And I think that's, and I think that mindset kind of helps because I mean, I'll mess up. I know if I, if I fail, like I'll just keep trying. I don't really have a backup plan. So I think to answer your question, I think having a backup plan sometimes makes it even worse because their dream, maybe they're anxious about not succeeding in what they want to succeed in. So they'll do something they don't want to end up doing. And another point is that they, they might not give it their all since they always know that there's a backup plan. Yeah, that too. That's a really good – see, that's exactly kind of, kind of what I'm saying. But 35% of our country is on an antidepressant. That's big pharma. And I would guess – I would guess to say, but they are on it. Forget about how it happened. They're on it, right? I mean, their doctor – they went in and told their doctor those words, I'm depressed whatever it is, I'm always crying, I can't get out of bed, whatever it is. And then their doctor prescribed it because the patient said the words that were required for the doctor to, to say, yeah, this, child, this person meets the criteria of needing an antidepressant, right? I mean, that's how they do it. I mean, I could give you firsthand knowledge on that. I took all those stuff growing up in, when I was in high school. I was prescribed all of it, and I feel like the doctors didn't even know me well. It was just kind of at the end of the appointment, 30 minutes, okay, we'll, we'll try this medication, see if this helps you. And every single one made, it way, made me way worse. Like It made me feel like a zombie. Um, and I've had so many conversations with people who've taken these kind of medicines. And I'm not saying it doesn't work for some people because, of course, it can. But I genuinely think when, you ha- when you're feeling like this, there's something in your life that's missing or something you're not doing, whether it's not enough sleep or whether you're not um, taking care of yourself where you're not eating good foods. Like there's something that's, that's kind of natural that you, you could do to help instead of resorting to, resorting to medication. I feel like your generation and the millennial, so millennial generation, that is the people from like, I guess, 26 to 38 now, 26 to something like that, 26 yeah, to 38 1981 years old. to 1996, it says. So those people were from broken homes, like the economy went to shit and their dad cheated on mom, mom cheated on dad. They lost their house. They lost one of their cars. I mean, it was a mess. Like this is, uh, I remember in 2008, like banks went under, everything went bad financially. And when financially things went bad, the parents just broke up. It was a mess. And the kids were just left destroyed. And so I think that that really screwed them up. And then they, they, they have trouble, millennials have trouble trusting people. They have trouble with commitment because why commit to something? It could just be pulled out from under me. That's their, that's their thought. And that happened to their parents and they watched it. And then, so that's them. And then you have your generation that um, we did everything for you. We cut up your food. We took you to we, we, we got you into this class, got you into that school. We made your friend groups for you. We did everything for your group. And then, so you didn't have the tools to deal with it. And it's our fault as parents. Like we, we screwed up to be very honest. And then when you were fucked up, 
we, and we couldn't figure it out. We just went to the psychiatrist and got you on meds. That was what I think happened. Like Tanner has this, I don't give a shit attitude. I don't know why. Like, why do you, like you say, like, I don't get stressed. Like whatever if I'm late or if because you're late. I heard this quote the other day and actually backs up my point. It says, there's no failing. There's only attempting. And that quote stuck with me. And that's like, you can't fail anything. You could just attempt it and do better. If I fail a test, it's not failing. It's attempting. I could just take another one and pass and I'll learn from that. So that's that kind of what I think of life as. I just keep attempting things. And if I keep doing bad, I'll just get better and better. Yeah, I think I see it that way too sometimes. But at the same time, there's things where I feel like it's kind of good to have anxiety. Like before your fight, did you have any any nerves? I was nervous, but I would no really anxiety. I don't know. I was just I was just nervous. I, I mean, but I think that's is that kind of in like a little bit in your stomach. Like, is that not anxiety at all? Nerves could be. But I think that's good anxiety. Like before you're about to get into a fight with some random But it's, situ- it's situational anxiety. Like to sit there and be anxious all day long. Like you could take someone and they could be sitting on, on a yacht cruising the Caribbean and they could just be full of anger. Why are you so anxious? Like we're in the middle of the Caribbean having the greatest <laughs> time in the world. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm just anxious. And like I feel that like we're doing this podcast, right? And Tanner said, I don't give a shit if anyone listens to it. I enjoy doing it. And, and I think that that is the, he, it's called purpose, right? I'm doing something. I enjoy doing it. He enjoys, you know, getting to talk with you and, and then that's, that's purpose. And then it's like, okay, we're going to do a fight. And then that's purpose. I'm whatever it is, you know, I'm sure like you have purpose. Like what are the things that you do that make you feel accomplished that you, that you you're focused on that gives you purpose? Um, for me, it's just like having good relationships with my friends, having good relationships with my family. Um, I try to – the people I've known since pre-K, I have a pretty good friend group. I try to keep in touch with them. I feel like that's very important. Um, spending time for myself, you know, just taking care of myself, working out. I think that's purpose to me, making sure I'm healthy and performing at my highest. What about you, Jay? What's purpose to you? My purpose is I'm at a stage of life where I, I mean, ultimately we have Blake, you know, Tanner's brother with autism. I want to, my purpose is to set him up in the future. So when I'm not here anymore, that he has a good life. So that's like, gives me, even though it's a terrible thing to have to think about, gives me a lot of purpose. I want to see all my kids be as successful as they can be in whatever they want to do. Garbage man, school teacher, lawyer, doctor, I don't care what it is, just as long as they find happiness in whatever they're doing. So that gives me purpose. Like, you know, Tanner doesn't want to have kids, but I think kids give, people are happier when they have children. Elon Musk was talking about it, that a person with a child, person without a child, the person with a child is is, is definitely happier than the person without. But you're so it, young, Tanner. Like, you don't know what you want. We, we talked about this in the other podcast, remember? Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't jump the gun yet, kid. Kid? Whoa, kid. Well, I mean, you're saying you don't want kids, so not right now. Like right now, right now, I just don't. I don't want to think about it. Well, seventeen, you better not have a kid. I mean, you could I guess, but you know, (laughs) that would not be a good move. But I, but I think that the purpose thing is what really. When we get old, and I turn like eighty. 90, whatever it is, if I live that long, 
I get up in the morning and it's the same fucking thing. You know, they feed me my pills, give me my orange juice, my prune juice. I hopefully take a dump and then I sit there and I watch TV and hope that someone that cares about me calls me. That's life. That's why like once, once someone stops doing what they love, whether it be working or, or doing something for the community or for their kids or whatever it is, and they run out of purpose or a place to go or a reason to exist, then they die. So I think that I feel like the, the, the newest generation, well, the younger kids, I would say these 30 somethings until like all the way to your age, they just don't have enough to like wake up in the morning for, and they sort of feel like, what's the point? Like, and, and that's what I'm, that's the vibe I'm getting. Like, I really wish that I think that everyone who has a reason, a why, if you can find your why you can be successful and you can be happier. Here's the other thing though, about the why. So I'm sure some people do have whys, but they, their, their whys are so instant gratification. Like they need it now, you know, back in your day, people would have long-term goals. And I think that now people don't really want long-term goals because they need to feel it now. They're so used to having it available right away. Or they're afraid to fail. The long-term goal means that, oh my God, I, I, if I don't achieve it, then I'm a failure. There's back to the failing thing, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's always scary to set goals. Like I'm going to do a fight. I'm going to work out. I'm going to train. I'm going to, I'm going to do a fight. And, and there's a lot of bumps along the way or, or whatever it is. I want to be a doctor. Like you're setting a huge goal for yourself. And if it doesn't happen, whatever does happen is probably going to be even better because that's like, you're not, I have total confidence. The reason I think you don't have anxiety is because like you said, in one of the last episodes we did, you're like, if my parents cut me off, I'd be fine. I could figure it out. And you're like, that's, that's a good way to look at things. And I think you would figure it out. So that's, that's why you don't have anxiety because you have confidence as well. I think that's why you guys both have, don't have anxiety. You have confidence. Do you guys think that you should wake up every single morning and have a goal? Um, like a specific goal for that day or like something to chase after? Like my goal could literally be waking up and going to school. That could be my goal for the day. I, I try to wake up. I, I wouldn't say necessarily have a goal. I don't think like every day I have a specific long-term goal. But I would say I try to string together like good days. Like you know when you have a good day, you're like going to bed like – I had a good day. You know that feeling? Yeah, the feeling is it's a fleeting moment because <laughs> when, you have, when you have a business, it's like I go to bed, I'm like, oh, things are great. And the next day I have like six resignations and, and a hole in the ceiling with water pouring through it. And it's like, wow. So I kind of don't, I don't hang my hat on the good days too much. It's just, I always like, what's next? But because uh, that's, that's, what, that's what life is like, right? You think everything's perfect until it's not. Um, and anxiety is kind of worrying about a future that hasn't happened yet, right? That's anxiety. Like, and that's what people do. They just spend all this time worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet and probably will never happen. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. How do you handle those problems? Like when shit hits the fan, would you, how calm are you? Like, are you, how do you act? How do you assess them? So it has a lot of variables. If I have the financial backing and I'm like meaning I have money in the bank and saved money that's why people need to save money because when these tragedies happen you're like okay you know it's bad but I got the money I, I can I can pay for that flat tire I can pay for that fender bender whatever it is 
um, which is valuable. So in this situation where I'm at today, most of the problems that arise, I can financially afford and it's not as impactful. Um, it's frustrating, but I don't get as upset about it. I think the more days that I've had in my life, the less impactful these bad days are because it's now spread over a much larger period of time. So I don't get upset anymore, really. I mean, here and there I get overwhelmed and I get pissed off and then I have to unload on my wife and tell her all the things that are bothering me. And then I get it off my chest. I move on. Fortunately, she doesn't charge me $250 an hour. Um, but that's, that's just how I handle it. But it's probably like once every couple months that I have to just let it all yeah. just unload. Download. If you had to tell someone what to do when they're anxious, because in school today we talked about ways to deal with anxiety and ways to deal with stress. What would you tell someone if they were saying, I'm really anxious, I'm really stressed. So how do I deal with this? Get laid. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. That's not what I said. I want to agree with that and disagree at the same time because we also talked about distractions. And when you're anxious or stressed, you should sit with that feeling and feel it through. You shouldn't go distract yourself and go hook up with a girl. I feel like that's distracting yourself. No, I'm just joking around. Like, like there is some, there is some health benefit to, to intimacy. So that is, that is, I, I was, I was being joking around, but it is a serious thing. It actually is a clinically proven stress reliever, but, um, but that's, that's not an answer to it. What's I mean, I'm not, a do- I'm not a doctor, but I would say – I would ask them how much sleep they're getting. Then I would ask them what the hell they're eating. And then I would ask them um, how much time they spend on their phone. What's your go-to solution when you get really stressed? How do you take care I- I'm of just, that? I'm like very in touch with myself. I, I just – when I'm stressed, I, I, I sit I, – Other than touching yourself, <laughs> then <laughs> – <laughs> I like to know what I'm stressed about. So – I try to analyze what's making me feel this way and then I assess the situation. So for example, if I have an upcoming test and that's what's giving me anxiety, I'll study a little bit more. It'll ease the anxiety. If I have an upcoming game and I'm really nervous, I will stick handle before I'll warm up a little bit harder. I'll stretch even more. Like I don't like, it's just basic. Like if you're, if something's giving anxiety, you got to know what it is. You, and if you don't know what it is, then it's probably something in your, the way you take care of yourself, you're probably missing something nutrients um well that's you now you're playing doctor but but your strategy is just to become more be just prepare more for whatever you are anxious about yeah but just knowing like you got to know yourself i think that's a big thing knowing what's the root causes when i was getting ready for my fight i was i was pretty i would say i was a little anxious like a little before and then i told my dad i said could you help me stretch could you help me practice a little more boxing and then I was like, all right, I'm going to, yeah, it helped a lot. After I was like, you know what, I'm going to win because I reminded myself how good I was. I mean, I've asked my dad, like my dad was a very different student than me. My dad was a very, very, very on top of nothing last minute type of student. And he was never anxious for a test. I, I, and I was kind of, I was, I was asking him how, how and why. And he was just so prepared that there is, there was no reason to be anxious. He knew everything. And so... I mean, that's just one example, but I think, I mean, that's the anxiety I see a lot just because I'm always around it. Like, what do you see that your friends are anxious about, Tanner? My friends? Well, right now it's right where college applications are, right in the beginning of the year. I mean, the end of the year. Um, and everybody's anxious about that. 
like getting them in to the deadline is November 1st for a lot of people. But I would be anxious about that, but I've been on top of that stuff. I got a meeting with my college advisor tomorrow. I've been working on all the applications. I'm good. It's the people that do it last minute, like you said, that are stressed. Yeah. And see, like when I was through that process, I should have probably been more like looking back on, I should have been way more anxious than I was. But every time I'd bring it up, my mom would just say, it's going to, anywhere you go, it's going to work out. You're going to love anywhere you go. So I don't know. At the back of my mind, I was like, anywhere I go, I'm going to be happy. So I didn't really ever let it eat me a lot. Well, it's meant to be stuff as well. Some stuff just happens. Like you can force it to happen the way you want it to happen, but then you find out that wasn't the way, you know, that probably wasn't the best route. To force to force something to happen, I mean, if if I get totally stressed, I call friends and I start talking about my problem and trying to work through it. And if they're real friends, they'll take the time and listen to me, and I'll reciprocate for them. But I think that's really that's my go-to is just to call people and that are not judge that don't judge me and let me talk and then give me good feedback. Not necessarily I'm going to use it, but then I can work through it. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to. All right, we're going to stop right there. Um, whoever's watching, please follow and like and subscribe the video and check out all the social medias, Kicking Ass with Tanner Stone. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for having us.